Hello, hello. Welcome to the Fantasy Ace Ball Podcast with Tim Kanak. And today we are going to be discussing the third base rankings using my F scores. So this is kind of a weird uh, position because this is the only position where at the top I have two tiers. I've, the first tier is only one player and then the second tier is only one player. So, as always, let's get straight into it. Tier 1, which should be obvious, uh, because if someone doesn't have this guy ranked as their top third baseman, then I don't know what they're doing. But Tier 1 is Jose Ramirez, all by himself. And, honestly, Jose Ramirez has the best F-score of any player in baseball. Yep, that's right. Better than Acuna, better than Tatis, better than Otani, Trout, Harper, you name it. Jose Ramirez has an F contact of 115, an F discipline of 138, an F power of 140, and an F speed of 156. So he is elite basically in everything, including an F durability of 105. That gives him a total F-score of 131, with a future F-score of 132, which means he's still uh, somehow getting better uh, and not he has not yet reached his peak. So he's still slowly uh, putting up better seasons year over year uh, than, you know, he's, he's, so he's getting better still. He's not losing anything. That's even with the Guardians getting worse. And he is entering his age 29 season next year. So he's still in his 20s, amazingly enough, uh, because he actually made his major league debut debut at the age of 20. Um, really, though, his first uh, majority of a season, though, it was the age 20, 21 season in 2014. So he's been around for a hot minute. And Jose, basically, when you look at those stats, he's someone who could hit. Like based on the potential here, he he should be able to hit between three like three ten three twenty with thirty five homers with a one forty power, thirty to thirty five homers, and then an SB of one fifty six is in line for thirty steals. So basically, his F scores are saying, hey, this is a thirty five to thirty guy uh, who can hit two seventy two eighty two ninety three hundred. <laughs> like somewhere in those ranges and even higher than 300 if the BABIP allows. Um, one of the problems that I think we're going to have with Jose going forward is that he's the only really good hitter on his team. I mean, Fran Mill's okay, and they have a couple other players who are just okay, but the rest of the lineup does not protect him. So that leaves him exposed to just getting walked all the time um, to, or trying to find the holes in his game, pitchers, because they don't have to worry about someone before or after Jose, they can just go straight after him. And if they give up a solo home run, they give up a solo home run. So that's our tier one is Jose Ramirez, solo. Our tier two is a solo, and that's Manny Machado. Um, most people probably have Devers and Machado together in a tier. But I have Machado by himself because I think he's much better than Devers. 
and we'll get into why. So Machado has an F contact of 109, a discipline of 110, a power of 137, and a speed of 75. So he's worse than Jose Ramirez in every single one of those categories on F skills. And durability, he's a 109, so he does beat Jose Ramirez in durability. Um, potentially, because I think when he was with the Orioles, and maybe when he was on the Dodgers, he was hitting second. Now he's hitting third, I believe, for the Padres, third or fourth. So he's probably not getting as many at-bats. Um, but he's probably still going to get more at-bats than Jose because the lineup is much longer for San Diego than for the Guardians. So Machado, with a 109 contact, 110 discipline, even though he has uh, worse contact skills, I think he could end up possibly with a higher average than Jose just because Jose Ramirez is going to get worse pitches to hit. And he's probably going to have more counting stats, runs, and RBIs than Ramirez just because of the lineup around him. Um, and then he's got the 137 power, so that's 30, 35 homers. 75 speed is about five steals. So that's kind of what you can expect from Machado is about five steals with 30 to 35 homers and nice counting stats and then a 280 average. <clears throat> and next, our third tier. It's a pretty big tier. Um, this is basically the rest of the best. I like most of these guys, even though every guy that I'm going to name in this tier has some sort of downfall, like a hole in their game. We'll talk about each one's hole in the game and um, why they are all grouped together in this tier and not in tier two or tier four or whatever. So our third player is Rafael Devers, who has a one contact average, an 89 discipline below average, and 147 power, so he has the highest power of anyone we've discussed so far. And then a 56 speed. So Devers is like three steals, 35 homers, 280 average, and he's gonna put up the counting stats because he's in Boston. He's got a good team around him. But that plate discipline, as you know, and as I've discussed in my other position pods, I'm not a big fan of guys with poor plate discipline. Now he's not necessarily poor plate discipline. He's more like a C minus than anything. Um, but everyone else in this tier is like B plus or A plate discipline, and we'll get into that when we hit the players. So Devers ends up with an F score of 101 and a future F score of 101, much lower than where most people are going to have him. And a big part of that is just hitting where he does in the Boston Red Sox lineup. He's going to have a lot of runs in RBI, and those counting stats are going to boost his fantasy uh, status and his draft ability. Number four, I have Nolan Arenado. Arenado has a 113 F contact, a 114 F discipline, a 116 F power, and then a 53 speed. So it might shock you to see Arenado with a 116 F power because when he was in Colorado he was seen as like a 40 homer guy every year and now that he's in St. Louis he's more like a 30 35 home run type guy and a lot of Arenado a lot of the reasons he's going to hit still that many home runs even with a 116 power which is usually closer to 25 homers if you actually weigh Arenado against Trey Turner Turner has a 117 power so Turner actually has a higher power than Arenado. And 
Part of that might also be the extra base hits because Turner's fast. So he's going to get more doubles and triples than Arenado. That's going to boost his ISO. And then so he's going to have a higher ISO, which is going to bring his F power up. So the other thing is that F power also has exit velocity that takes into account and barrel rate. So possibly Trey barrels more balls than Arenado does as well. So it's not necessarily all, okay, who's going to hit the ball the hardest. It's also who's going to hit the most balls the hardest. And um, some other factors like extra base hits also go into it. So Arenado, I think because his F contact is 113, that's very high, mixed with the F power means that he's still a 30 to 35 home run guy, even in St. Louis. He has a 53 speed, so that's like one or two steals, if we're lucky, for Arenado to go along with his 30 to 35 homers. But he should have a high batting average. I think he should have a higher batting average going forward than the last year. He just has to figure out how to hit in a different environment. So if he can figure out his launch angle, maybe he hits less foul, uh, fly balls into the outfield, and he can get some of these balls to land in that big St. Louis outfield instead of just flying out. Arenado has a 105 F durability, and so his skills bring him to a 1-1. He's got a 1 F score with a 1 future F score. So he's like right in his peak. He's not getting worse yet. Um, skill-wise, but he's not going to get better anymore. I think he's going to his age 30 or 31 season. So there might be, in a couple of years, uh, Arenado might start tr trending downward in his skill set. Number five is Alex Bregman. Bregman has a 1-4, excuse me, a 114 contact with a 163 F discipline, which is amazing. I think that's actually the highest F discipline of any player that I've gone through so far. And we're through every hitting position except for outfield after we go through third base. So that says a lot. Like he should be a 400 OBP guy every year. Bregman has a 101 power. So that means he's like a 20 home run guy, which if you watch Bregman, you think he has more power than that. He had that 140 homer year. But I think he's more like a 25 home run guy when we take his 114 contact with the 101 power. And then also the 163 discipline, meaning that he has such a good, he's such a good judge of the strike zone that maybe he can hit more homers because he knows what's right down his alley. So that's why when I discuss these F skills, we have to sometimes take one F skill plus another F skill equals this stat. So Bregman has a 54 speed, so he's like right with Arenado where he's like one or two steals. And I think coming up, people thought Bregman was going to be more like a 25 or 30 homer guy with 10 steals, but he's just not getting the steals. So um, that's not going to happen. He's not a stolen base guy. I know like we had a little bit of a perception of him as at least like can contribute to a handful of steals, but that just doesn't happen. Um, Bregman has a 71 durability because he got hurt last year, and that playing time is definitely hurting his F scores. But that gives him a 1 total and a 99 future. I think Bregman has very good value with him. Um, 
he's probably one of the top guys at third base that's going to have value, a lot of value next year in Arenado. So if it was up to me, I would not be drafting Devers. I probably won't be drafting Machado. Maybe Jose Ramirez if he falls to me in the first. Um, if, he just, if he's just the guy that falls to wherever I'm picking. But I'm probably going to be more like an Arenado, Bregman, Rendon, and Turner type guy this year. So we're going to get now into our number six third baseman, which is Chris Bryant. And I do not really like drafting Chris Bryant. I don't even remember the last time I've owned him on any fantasy team uh, because he seems to always be worse than what you expect when you pay for him. Uh, but he's still good, so that's why he still ranks here. Is he's still a good player. I just think that he's never... He's the type of player that doesn't live up to his potential. Like, when we thought of Chris Bryant, we're like, oh, this guy is, um, a, you know, a future possible Hall of Fame type player, but he's never lived up to that potential. He's just, like, a good player, like a really good player who's going to make some all-star teams. He's going to be one of those guys on the Hall of Fame ballot. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. This guy was okay. <laughs> like, but you're knowing he's not going to get any votes, so... Um, Chris Bryant has a 97 F contact, a 112 F discipline, and a 119 F power, a 95 speed, and a 90 durability. So he's pretty good all across the board. It's like a 275 hitter, 270, yeah, about 275 hitter with 25 to 30 homers, and then somewhere between 5 and 10 steals. So, you know, a really good Chris Bryant season might see, like, 28 homers and, like, 10 steals uh, with t hitting 280 or something like that and with counting stats. So one of the things that's interesting is that I'm recording this in January when we're still doing the lockout, so we don't know yet where Chris Bryant is going to end up. If he ends up on a good team in the middle of an order, it'll be interesting to see because it, because of his discipline, he'd probably be like a two-hitter or something, um, two- or three-hitter maybe. So it, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up and what kind of counting stats he can put up. And maybe if he's surrounded by really good players, that might help him get back to uh, his first couple of years with the Cubs when we thought he was going to be a superstar. Our number seven player is Anthony Rendon. And Rendon is a different type of player because he's like kind of like a better version of LeMahieu or like a worse version of Bregman here. So where Bregman has a 114 contact and a 163 discipline, Rendon has a 111 contact and a 151 discipline. So he's just slightly worse than Bregman in contact and in discipline. And then in power, he's a little bit better than Bregman. He's got a 105 power. But because Bregman has the better contact and discipline, and then Rendon has the better power, they're probably going to end up with the same amount of uh, home runs, around 25. And then Rendon has a 51 speed, so slightly worse than Bregman. So he might, where Bregman might get one or two steals, Rendon is like zero or one, probably like one steal a year, just like randomly on like a, just a smart base running type of move. Um, so Rendon has a 65 durability because he was hurt, he was hurt last year. And... When we think of Rendon, he's usually not, not hurt. He's, like, usually always playing. But he missed, like, the whole year last year, so that's going to bring his durability down quite a bit. Um, and people are going to forget about him because he missed the whole year last year. But don't sleep on him because he's still probably a really good player. I mean, I say probably because we haven't seen him yet, 
but I would expect Rendon to be pretty good next year. Especially in that lineup with Otani, Trout, him, Walsh, Adele, Marsh. Like, it's a pretty nice lineup. So, Rendon has a 97 F total and a 97 future F score. And to round out this tier with our number eight third baseman, it's Justin Turner. Old man Justin Turner. And so, Turner is kind of like, to me, it's like Bregman, Rendon, and Turner are all very similar players. Um, they're third basemen who are contact first, like high plate discipline guys who have some, you know, like a decent amount of pop and then no speed. And Turner's the oldest. That's his hole in his game. So Bregman and Rendon bring no speed to the table and they bring light power. There's their hole. And they're coming off injuries. Turner's old. There's his hole. Chris Bryant has contact issues. There's his hole. And then Nolan Arenado is basically no speed in transferring from Colorado, trying to figure out who he's going to be going forward for the next few years, if he can redevelop or if he's going to just be like a toned-down version of his Colorado Rockies self, um, which is still a really good player for third baseman. So Justin Turner, number eight, has a 110 contact. That's 1% worse than Rendon and 4% worse than Bregman. He's got a 124 discipline. That is 27% worse than Rendon and 39% worse than Bregman. So, like I said, basically these guys just keep getting worse versions of themselves. Turner's a worse version of Rendon. Rendon's a worse version of Bregman. Uh, Turner has a 114 power, so he does have more power than Rendon and Bregman, but then he has worse contact and worse discipline. So here's another instance of a guy who's, you know, 25 to 30 homers, and he's probably, I mean, he has a bit better power, so maybe he's like more like 27, 28 homers, where Bregman and Rendon are like 25, 26. So he should hit a couple more homers than those guys. Uh, they should all be about the same in their batting average, but Turner is not going to have the OBP. He's still going to have a really good OBP, but he probably won't have the same OBPs as Rendon or Bregman. Uh, Bregman's like a 400 OBP guy. Rendon's like a 380-390 OBP guy. Turner has a 68 speed. So even though he's older, he still tends to steal a few more bags. So he might get three or four steals in a season. And then his durability is a 94. So traditionally, I would say Turner is less durable than Bregman and Rendon. But those guys are both coming off injuries. So throw them all in the same bag here. And Turner's a 102 F score with a 101 future F score. So we have mostly right around average players here in this third tier. There aren't that many great third basemen as far as F scores are concerned. Let's get into tier four, which is basically a lot of boom and bust. Our number nine third baseman had a really crappy year last year. That's Matt Chapman with the A's. And well, for now he's with the A's. We'll see if they move him or Matt Olson. Apparently they're gonna move one of them. Um, and apparently the Yankees like Matt Chapman as a shortstop, which uh, I don't like a third baseman moving to shortstop, but hey, Yankees, you do you. You know, you got Gary Sanchez at catcher, so good job. Uh, Matt Chapman has a 93F contact, a 99F discipline, a 150 power, which is like 40 home run power, then a 53 speed, which is like one or two steals. 
and then a 93 durability because he has had a couple injuries in the past couple years. So Chapman is traditionally like a 250 hitter. Uh, I think in a good year he's like a 270 hitter and the, he, 250 is like his downside. And then he could hit 40 homers. He's like a 30 to 40 homer guy. That's what he should be hitting as long as he's making contact. And probably if he's outside of Oakland, he's going to hit more homers. Uh, <laughs> probably, like, definitely he'll hit more homers if you put him in a better ballpark. So um, he's got really good power, and he's also awesome defensively. I know that people are going to be down on him because he had a bad year last year. I think he's actually had two bad years in a row, but... He's still, I think, relatively young. I think he's still, like, 28 or something. Yeah, 28. And his last really good year was 2019, where he had 36 homers, 102 runs, and 91 RBI. It's, like, a really solid year. So um, Chapman, he could pretty easily hit that 36 homers again. And he could hit 40 homers if he was in a good lineup in a better ballpark. So let's not forget that if Chapman moves, there could be a lot of potential there. And number 10, I'm going to probably get a lot of heat from this, but I don't love this guy. Austin Riley is number 10. I think he's just a worse version of Matt Chapman, honestly. Um, and this is why. Chapman's got a 93 of contact, and Riley's got a 94, so they're about the same there. Chapman's got a 99 discipline, and Riley has a 79 plate discipline. Austin Riley does not have good plate discipline. He definitely got better last year, that's for sure. But Matt Chapman, as far as I'm concerned, has better plate discipline than Riley. And that's going to lead to seeing the ball better, less strikeouts, more contact, possibly more homers. A lot of this is just ballpark. Riley's in the Brave Stadium, which is a good hitting ballpark. And Chapman is in the best pitching ballpark in baseball, a worst hitting ballpark. So we have to take that into account. If Chapman moves, he's going to be better than Austin Riley. Uh, Riley has a 141 power, which is like 35 home run territory. And Chapman has that 150. So Chapman's got more power. And then Riley has a 47 speed, where Chapman has the 53. So Riley is like zero steals type guy. If he gets a steal, he probably is going to get caught stealing too. That's kind of the guy he is. Whereas Chapman's more like a one or two steal, steal guy. It's not really a big difference. I just think that they're very similar players, but Chapman has better plate discipline. And slightly better power. Um, Riley does have better durability. He's got a 105. That's because Chapman's gotten hurt a couple times. Um, but the F score, Chapman's a 98 to 99, and Riley's a 93. So um, I know Riley's getting better. His F scores are not really showing it. Uh, I think he just got really lucky last year when we take that BABIP out of the equation, and he's not showing that much better discipline. So I do think that Chavin's a better player, and I don't think Riley is going to be a good value this year. So I'm not drafting him. Which, yeah, me having Austin Riley at 10. A lot of you guys have Austin Riley at like 4 uh, ahead of Arenado, which to me is crazy because Arenado's done it for years and been a first-round pick, and Austin Riley is just not that guy. He doesn't have the discipline. Number 11 is someone I really like, like really good skills. Uh, I don't know what's up with him, though. I don't. He's just never put it all together. Uh, it'd be nice to see a season where he does. So number 11 is Yuan Mankata. And Mankata has a 91F contact. He's not the, the best guy for contact. That's always been known. 
he's like a 260 hit, 240 to 260 hitter. Um, but then he's got a 103 discipline. One of the things with Makata earlier in his career is that people just thought he was taking too many walks. And, I mean, he kind of was. So, maybe if Mankata had was not just watching the ball, he might make more contact. He goes sometimes he's just too aggressive. Sometimes he's not aggressive enough. He can't. He hasn't hit that right balance in his career. So Mankata's got the 103 discipline better than Chapman and Riley, and then he's got a 109 power. So he's not nearly. He does not nearly have the power that Chapman and Riley have. And then, oddly, his speed is only a 58. Uh, coming up, everyone thought Makata could be like a 25-25 or 30-30 type guy. Um, and his he's still got the sprint speed. He's just not stealing. So his F speed at 58, he's like looking at like, okay, he's a 3-4 to four stolen base guy. But this is a guy that has the speed, and he's done it. He's stolen 12 and 10 bases. He should be stealing 10 bases a year pretty easy. He's got the sprint speed. Could be stealing 15 or 20 even in a good year, but he just hasn't done it. Uh, part of that might not be not hitting at the top of the lineup. Part of that might be his manager. You got Tony Larusa there now, who's probably not going to let him steal very much. Probably barely let Luis Robert steal. And then um, he's just never really put it all together. But he's a great talent, and he has some interesting tools. So he should at least be hitting like 25 homers five steals and then putting up some okay stats just depending on where he hits in the lineup white Sox have a good lineup so wherever he hits he should have rbi opportunity um but he's got a total f score of 92 and a future f score of 92 i really think he can get better but um we'll just see what happens with his development and i know everyone was talking about makata with uh covid that he got covid and he said it really affected him and that's why it's such a down year last year. Um, you know, last year only had four homers and three steals. So, or 14 homers and three steals. So we'll see if he can bounce back to, you know, 2019, he was really on a positive note. And, you know, 25 and 10, I think that's where he can get back to um, in a good full season. I'm gonna take a drink right now of some agua. As we head into tier five, this guy has topped off a tier in the last three episodes, so I'm not going to talk about him at all. Number 12 is Chris Taylor. Too many positions. It's a great thing for drafting him as a player, but then as a podcaster, when you're talking about the same guy, when you're doing your positional rankings every time, it's not that much fun. Number 13 is Ad Alberto Mondesi, and we discussed... Mondesi in our last podcast at a pretty good length. Um, he's got a 124 F score in the 124 future. Technically, he's the second highest player on F score out of all my third basemen, even ahead of Machado. But I'm not drafting him nearly there. Just too much risk uh, with his durability and um, his lack of contact and plate discipline. Uh, but if you ever put it together where he, even if he just plays a full season and plays at the top of the lineup, like he's just going to get a ton of steals. It's going to be worth a tremendous amount of value in fantasy, especially in Roto leagues in points leagues or, uh, OBP leagues, a little less, definitely in points leagues, not as much, uh, but still 
steals get points. So can't forget that. Our number 14 third baseman is Josh Donaldson. He was still showing really good skills. He just doesn't play as much anymore. He's like not playing every day. And there's always the threat of his calf injury. So uh, that's what brings him down really from being right next to Chapman and Riley because he's the same type of player. Really, he's a better version of both of those guys, but he's just older. Uh, so Josh Donaldson and, and also Twins suck last year. So it's like, what are we going to expect from this team? I mean, they have they still have a pretty good lineup. But uh, Josh Donaldson is going to his age 36 season. I think he can still be really useful. And um, last year, for some reason, he should he his skills showed better than the final stats he put up. I don't really know why. Uh, probably just, I guess, the Twins being bad, making trades, lineup moves, weird stuff. Just like him not, him only playing five, like basically like he, I had him on a team and basically only played like five times a week. He wasn't playing, even if they played seven or eight games, he was not playing, he was only playing five times. So um, that's one thing to keep in mind with Donaldson. He's still a good player. You just have to have another third baseman on deck to swap him out when he's sitting. So Donaldson has a 104 F contact, a 139 plate discipline, so you really high discipline. Then a 152 power, which is the most power of any third baseman that we've talked about, even more than Chapman. So more than Ramirez, more than Machado, more than Devers, more than Arenado, more than Chapman. Um, he still hits the ball hard. So, and then we have a 61 speed, so it, there's a few stolen bases in the, sprinkled in there, but then an 84 durability. So um, he's the second lowest durability. Um, I mean, I'm not going to count Rendon and Bregman coming off those injury years because those guys are usually normally really healthy. Um, but basically, besides those guys, the second lowest durability to Adalberto Mondesi. And Siri is talking to me when I'm trying to do this podcast, so shut up, Siri. Um, so that ends that tier. So tier one, I'm going to recap a little here, is Jose Ramirez. Two is Manny Machado. Three, and tier three is, this is players three to eight, is Devers, Arenado, Bregman, Bryant, Rendon, Turner. Tier four is Matt Chapman, Austin Riley, and Yohan Makata. And tier five is Chris Taylor, at Alberto Mondesi, and Josh Donaldson. Tier six starts with Eugenio Suarez, who we discussed in the shortstop podcast. Um, and hopefully he's playing third base most of the year this year. And I'm not going to get further into him because we already discussed him. And our next player is number 16, Cabrian Hayes. And Hayes did not do what we were hoping last year. I actually traded for him and a dynasty league and it did not pan out and I ended up flipping him at the deadline for I want to say I traded him for McCallahan uh, which is a really good trade really <laughs> so uh, yeah so I got 16 Cabrian Hayes and the 97 contact and 97 F discipline a 95 power a 112 speed 73 durability that comes out to a total F score of 95 to 97. So that speed obviously is helping him here. He's pretty average with contact and discipline. So that means like 275 with like a 340 OBP 
345 OBP, 20 homers, and then he's got that 112 speed. So that's going to bring him to, let's say, 12 to 15 steals, maybe. So we got a guy that's going to hit 20, 50, 20 homers, 15 steals, maybe, and then 275. Pretty solid, kind of like a worse version of David Wright. And maybe he does show, you know, get back to that potentially flash in 2020 when we thought that he was going to be that next David Wright. Our number 17 player is another player that we've talked about in the first base pod and second base pod as DJ LeMahieu. So I'm not going to get into him here, but he's number 17. And number 18 is another player that we talked about in our first base pod is Spencer Torkelson who is a third baseman uh, via what the Tigers are trying to do. Um, so in the minors, he's been playing third base. We don't know if he's going to come up as a third baseman or a first baseman. They have Candelario, I think, at third base. So um, I don't know what they'll do with Torque. But uh, when he comes up, he's going to be really good, whatever position he's playing. And he should have third base and first base eligibility, at least his rookie year. And we'll see when they bring him up, if they want to wait until the All-Star break, or if they're going to wait until the end of the year, or if they want to try to make some uh, headlines this year. And really what they should do, if I was in charge of the Tigers, I'd be promoting Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson uh, early this year to try to make the best of these young pitchers that they've already brought up. Okay. Now, the next tier, we're at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. We're going to Tier 7 now. Uh, there's a lot of tiers here at third base. So tier seven, we'll get into some of these players here and then we'll leave it after that. We've got Yuli Gurriel, who I didn't get into. He, we mentioned him in the first base podcast, but I didn't get into him because he was so f far down the list. But that's how light third base is, is that now we're getting into guys that I briefly mentioned in other pods and didn't really get into them because they were so far down the list. But now it's like, oh, uh, third base is such a light position that we're going to be talking about him. So Gurriel has a 112 contact, a 132 F discipline, and then 84 power and a 49 speed. So you're looking at a guy with zero steals, probably 15 homers, but then he's going to hit close to 300. So he's not going to hurt you, but he's not really going to help you. He's just a guy later in the draft that you plug in. Um, he should also probably get like 80 runs, 80 RBI in that lineup for the Astros. So solid player, uh, older player who is, does not have a lot of value to drafters. So you can get him and plug him in. You can make him valuable just by using him in that nice sub role for if you need a CI or a third baseman late in the draft in like a deeper league. I hope he's not your starting third baseman or else you're in some trouble. Um, next on our list is Jose Miranda who I like a lot. Um, there's another rookie in this tier that I also really like a lot. Uh, Miranda, the thing is that Donaldson's blocking him. So, because Jose Miranda's uh, going to be a rookie on the Twins, I should get early playing time because I don't know, let's see how old he is, but I'm pretty sure he played most of the year in AAA last year. Jose Miranda is 23. And he's going to be an old 23, so really he should be starting most of next year with the Twins, and hopefully they can put Donaldson maybe at DH and save him from getting injured, and he can play more. 
uh, now that they don't have Nelson Cruz. So that might be a good move for them. So Miranda's got a 101 F contact and a 108 F discipline. Then a 122 F power with a 49 speed. So this is a guy who's 25 to 30 homers, who should hit around 280, maybe 270 to 280, and has no speed. He's got an 84 durability, so he does play a lot. 84 is pretty high for uh, the small sample sizes of the minors. And he's got a 93 F score with a 95 future F score. So if you miss on some of the t upper echelon third baseman, probably if you miss all the guys out of the third tier. So if you go more than eight deep and you're, you end up with a guy like uh, Chapman or Moncada or like Donaldson or Mondesi, you might want to like handcuff, uh, like a, a nice handcuff might be Donaldson with Miranda. Probably be a pretty sick handcuff actually. So that's something I would consider. Um, now let's get into our number 21 third baseman which is also a first baseman, uh, Miguel Sano. Now, I don't like Sano, uh, but he's got mass power. And everyone coming up, everyone's like, oh, yep, Sano's a future 40 homer guy, maybe 50 homers, because he does have crazy power. Uh, so he's got an 85 contact. Obviously, the guy has contact issues, which is why he's like a 220 hitter. Um, he's got a 91 discipline, which also goes into why he's like a 220 hitter, because he strikes out a ton. He also walks a ton. So that's what actually brings his plate discipline up. He'd probably be right down there with Javi Baez with like a 61 F discipline or whatever if he didn't walk so much. But our F discipline takes into uh, account walks and strikeouts, basically all plate, uh, you know, like anything with the plate. So for some reason, like he's kind of a weird player. He walks a ton and then also strikes out a ton. It's like he's aggressive. He's a good eye, but he's like too aggressive or something. Or he just swings and misses too much. Like, he just has contact problems, I guess. Um, maybe he leaves his bat in the zone too long or something. I guess that's probably something someone has already gone into in another podcast before. But he's got a 176 F power, so he still mashes. He hits the ball really hard, and um, he could hit, and he should hit 30 home runs still every year, even with the crappy contact. So you got, like, a guy who's 220 hitter, uh, with a decent walk rate, probably still like it comes up to like an, a little below average OBP, um, even though he's walking a ton. And then he's got like 30 homers. And if he ever made, if he ever had 250 or 260, it'd probably be 40 homers. Um, he's got a 53 speed, so he does pitch in usually a steal or two. So Sano is like kind of like a decent guy who like he goes on these tears too, where he has a couple weeks where he just destroys the ball. And he's like one of the best hitters in baseball, and then he sucks for the next month. So. Um, He's kind of a decent bench bat if you're in like a one of those leagues where you draft 50 guys and you're stuck with your team, like a best ball league or whatever. And you want to know and you just throw him on your bench. And then when he goes on a tear, you plug him in there. And then as soon as he starts sucking and you take him out. Um, and sometimes we think of Sano as injury prone, but um, his durability is actually pretty good. He's got a 93 F durability. It's not too bad, not too shabby. He's got a 1 F score with a 1 future F score, so he's not downtrending yet even though he, I think he had a pretty bad year last year. 22 is our new Met, Eduardo Escobar. Now, Escobar is just a solid player. Like, he's going to just give you solid stats. He won't hurt you. Um, he's got a 103 F contact, a 97 F discipline, a 111, so both average, a 111 F power, so slightly above average. It's like 25 homers, and then a 58 speed. It's like one or two steals. 
So you've got here a guy who's going to hit 275 or so, 270 to 280, 25 homers, a couple steals, and then a ton of counting stats. He's always in the middle of a good lineup. So Escobar always ends up with like a lot of runs in RBI for some reason. So he's like a 90-90 guy, um, especially in the Mets. So he's probably going to be hitting like right behind Alonzo, like fifth or something. So he's going to probably get some nice stats just being in the middle of a good lineup and not being bad, being like a, a pretty above, pretty average major leaguer with like some slightly above average power. So Escobar's not bad. He's got a 94 F score, 94 future F score. Uh, you could do worse. So if you end up with Escobar and like one of these young guys, that wouldn't be that bad. Like in a deep league, you'd probably make that work. 23, we have Heimer Candelario and of the Tigers and Candelario has a 98 F contact, a 104 F discipline, a 116 power. So actually better power than Escobar, slightly. And if you look at those stats, he's basically inverted version of Escobar where like Escobar is a better contact than discipline. Candelario is a better discipline than contact, even though they're both pretty average. And he's got slightly better power than Escobar, but then slightly worse speed. And he's got worse durability because he doesn't have the experience that Escobar has. So Candelario is kind of like, if you really want to think about it, he's like a future Eduardo Escobar. He's just like a younger version. So, and he's got a 93 F score, 93 future F score. So if you miss out on Escobar and you're looking for that type of player, just someone who won't hurt you and will get some counting stats, like Candelario is a nice guy to throw in there. And um, he has some position eligibility too. 24 is Ty France. Um, I think... We discussed him briefly in the second base pod, uh, but France is a 102 contact, a 96 F discipline, so he's kind of like right here with Escobar, like basically a little bit worse than Escobar, but then he has worse power. He's only got a 1 uh, F power, so he's completely average with power, puts him at 20 homers, basically. So he's like 15 to 20 homers, really. Um, if he played every day, he'd probably be a lock for 20. But um, France is just kind of a worse version of Escobar and Candelario. Uh, no speed here, 43 speed. And he's going to play a lot. And then also he has the position eligibility, which is nice. Um, so he's just kind of like there. If you want 20 homers with like 70-70, you just need a guy to fill in. Like France is not a bad option. Uh, he's got an 88 F score with an 87 features F score. Now the next two guys who finish out this tier I really like. Uh, number 25 is Josh Young. So Josh Young is going to be uh, probably starting third base for the Rangers very early in the year. And we'll see if they start him, start his clock, because I think he's 24. He's a college kid. Uh, so we'll see if they start his clock at the beginning of the year, or if they wait the two weeks or whatever for um, to gain a year of eligibility. But Young has a 92F contact, a 92F discipline, 137 power. And then F speed is 39. I don't like uh, the weird thing is I'm translating minors to majors here, and there are some issues with some of the translations. I think speed is one of the bigger ones translating minors to majors. Like power translates pretty easily, and discipline does, but like contact and speed are the biggies that don't really translate so well. Um, so Young, I think, is going to be like a zero stolen base guy just based on what I've seen from his minors league track record. But he could be a 35 homer guy, um, and he looks like he could be like basically Austin Riley with better plate discipline. So he could be like that type of guy, or like a Chapman, 
without Chapman's defense and in a better hitter's park. So um, Young could pretty quickly get into that type of territory, uh, especially if he starts the year early. Same thing like Miranda. I like both these guys. Uh, where Young is like higher power than Miranda. Miranda's higher contact. Um, so that's the difference kind of between the two. Um, the contact tool is safer, which is why I have Miranda ranked higher than Young. And also, they're, they're both like 24. And then also Miranda uh, wasn't hurt last year. Young missed like the first half of the season from being hurt. So uh, he's got the higher durability score than Young, uh, who's got an 81 F-score with a 91 future F-score. But Miranda and Young in the same tier, I like both these guys. Uh, both decent options if you miss out on some of the guys at the top and you want to take some risks. Maybe get a couple of these young guys even. Or get Escobar with one of these guys. Like There are a lot of ways to go about third base where um, it's better than people give it credit for. I know people are really down on third base talking crap, but there's a lot of safety in some of these third basemen that if you want to take risks in other places, then you can grab one of these safe third basemen. Or if you want to be risky, you could grab Ad Alberto with one of these safe third basemen later in the draft. Like if you drafted like Adalberto Mondesi and then draft Eduardo Escobar later in the draft, just as like a fallback if Adalberto gets hurt, like that could be nice, um, really. So um, last player in the tier is third baseman number 26. That's Nolan Gorman. Uh, so Gorman has got a 93 contact, uh, 75 discipline. So he's worse. That's, that's why he's behind Young. He's kind of like Austin Riley here with a 75 discipline, uh, then a 119 power and a 66 speed. So he's got more speed than a guy like Austin Riley. And I think he can grow into the power. He's still really young. He's only 21. So uh, Gorman is the youngest out of all these other you know, young third basemen that we've discussed. Uh, younger than Torkelson, because he's, he's a high schooler, even though it seems like he's been around forever. He's younger than Torkelson, younger than young, <laughs> younger than young. Uh, younger than Miranda, uh, so Gorman has more room to grow, more room to go up. Um, so he's got a 93 contact, 75 discipline, 119 power, 66 speed. So basically you're looking at a 30 homer guy. And remember, he's going to be, play, be playing second base too. So you got a second baseman, and he had 30 homers, hit about 260, 250, 260 with 30 homers, and then add in like five, st six steals. Uh, so he's gonna be, and he's gonna be young, so he can get better. Um, so I like Gorman, and obviously I'm a Cardinals fan, so I don't want to hype him up too much here. But uh, I think he could. Worst case, he's like Mike Mustakis at second base, and best case, he could be like a prime Dan Ugla, maybe. Who Dan Ugla, if you don't remember, was really good as a, a fantasy player for a couple of years. He had some, I think he had a 40 homer season. Um, so Gorman could do that, or maybe even like a. Robbie Cano or something. Uh, so, I don't know. I like Gorman. But, yeah, I'm a Cardinals fan. So, Gorman's got an 88 F-score with a 101 future F-score. He's, uh, he's always shows every level he's at. He sucks when he first gets up there. And then he gets better, like, pretty quick. And he's been moving fast. Kind of like how the Cardinals moved Dylan Carlson really fast. So, maybe if he comes up, he has kind of like a Dylan Carlson year where he's just kind of like average. But then maybe in a couple of years, he breaks out. Um, especially being that young. So that closes out that tier, which is Yuli Gurriel, Jose Miranda, Miguel Sano, Eduardo Escobar, Heimer Candelario, Ty France, Josh Young, and Nolan Gorman.
Now we will read through the rest of the guys and then I will rehash everybody. So next tier, we've got Mike Moustakis talking about Gorin and Moustakis. I think they were back to back in the second base tiers too. Uh, 28, Dylan Moore. 29, Tristan Cassis, who's another guy I really like. I just don't think he's going to be up early, which is why he's not in the same tier with Young, Gorman, and Miranda. As I think those guys are all up early in 2022, and Cassis I don't think is up until later in the year, even if, if even at all. Um, so probably the Red Sox bring him up like after the All-Star break or something, um, or if there's an injury. I don't see him starting the year early, which is why I got him down a tier. Number 30, Abraham Toro. 31, Brian Anderson, who's returning from injury from the Marlins last year. 32, Patrick Wisdom, Mr. Power with nothing else. Uh, Mr. 30-year-old power coming out of nowhere. Uh, Former Cardinal, I guess. That's why all these former Cardinals just blowing it up when they move teams. Uh, 33, we got J.D. Davis. 34, Alec Bohm. 35, Gio Urshela. 36, Tommy LaStella. 37, Hoy Park. 38, Luis Arias. 39, Evan Longoria. And then set tier. Interesting names in this tier that I kind of like. Uh, Toro is another type of guy who could be like a, a lighter version of Escobar Candelario. He doesn't have the same power, but he's got the contact skills. He's more like a 15 homer guy. Um, but kind of like Toro, it's like a fill in type guy. Bohm could be interesting if he uh, clicks back to like 2020 version of Bohm. Uh, he was really bad last year, but it's still an interesting name on this list. And then I already went over Cassis, who's got a 91F contact, a 99F discipline, a 126 power, 68 speed. So, like, really his F scores are better than Gorman's, but I just think that Gorman has a way better shot of playing time in 2022, which is, again, why he's not in that tier. Um, and now let's go to our waiver fodder tier. we got number 40, Hunter Dozier, 41, Colin Moran, who's looking for a team now, 42, Andy Ibanez, 43, Austin Martin uh, with the Twins, who's kind of blocked a bit. He'll probably end up being an outfielder or a second baseman, not a third baseman. He's got Miranda in front of him and Donaldson in front of him. Uh, 44, Brett Beatty with the Mets, 45, Yu Chang, 46, Joey Wendell, who got traded to the Marlins, and um, he's a decent player, like pretty, pretty solid player who doesn't really like no power uh, a little bit of speed and then some contact uh, 47 Santiago Espinal 48 Matt Duffy 49 is Miguel Vargas um, who is also blocked I think he was in double-a last year at the Dodgers uh, he's got nice contact and power like kind of looks like Justin Turner really like that type of player that type of third baseman like a Rendon Turner type um, but he's blocked at the you know in LA I don't really see any way for him to play unless he comes up he'll probably come up late in the season which is why I'm on the list he'll probably come up late in the season maybe in August or September to help uh, complement the roster unless Justin Turner got hurt then he might come up uh, before then but um, I, th- I think he's gonna be a pretty good player it just he's just blocked right now Turner's old so we'll see when he actually gets a chance it might not be until 2023 but uh, he could get some playing time late in the year. Um, at number 50, we have Carter Keyboom, 51, Jordan Groshans, and 52, Colton Welker, Mr. Steroid himself. Um, so that rounds out our third baseman. 
I'll rehash the top 20 real quick here next. Uh, one is Ramirez, two Machado, three Devers, four Arenado, five Bregman, six Chris Bryant, seven Rendon, eight Justin Turner, nine Matt Chapman, 10 Austin Riley, 11 Mancata, 12 Chris Taylor, 13 Mondesi, 14 Donaldson, 15 Eugenio Suarez, 16 Hayes, 17 LeMahieu, 18 Torkelson, 19 Guriel, and 20 Jose Miranda. So that is our top 23rd baseman for 2022 using the F scores. Um, if you want to look at the actual ratings of all of these guys and weigh them, uh, please see the article on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. Thank you, Justin Mason, for allowing me to post on Friends with Fantasy Benefits and uh, allowing me to be a contributing writer. Um, and also for retweeting my pods. I appreciate that. Uh, anyone who uh, enjoyed the pod, I really appreciate retweets or blast outs because I am a one-man band. I'm trying to grow the show and expand my viewership, listening, whatever you call for listening pods on viewership, uh, listening ship, I don't know, uh, whatever you want to call it. But I'm trying to expand my reach and uh, get the word out there about the F-scores. Uh, I really think the F-scores are revolutionary as it will allow very easily for one to see where a player's skills lay at, uh, where they rate on like an OPS plus type standard, where one is average, higher is the percentage above average, and lower is the percentage below average. Um, so I really think that this is something that could help um, in points leagues because most rankings are for like five by five roto, so uh, a lot of us playing custom leagues in these rankings, the F scores will allow you to edit and uh, move guys around and you can sort by statistics or skills to find what you need uh, for what you have going on in your draft. You drafted no speed and you need to find some speed, it's a good easy way to find that. And if you want me to share the spreadsheets with you so you can do your own sorting and change your own rankings as you see fit using the F scores, please DM me, reach out on Twitter. I am more than happy to share my spreadsheets with anyone who is interested. And additionally, if you have questions, uh, especially about dynasty, keeper questions, or head-to-head, -head, um, those are kind of the big leagues that I play in. I like playing in those. I also do the Roto. Um, but I have a lot of fun playing in head-to-head -head and dynasty and keeper type stuff like odd new um, So if you have any questions, I am more than happy to answer any questions that you might have and uh, I you can find me at fantasy ace ball on Twitter Again, that's fantasy ace ball not baseball on Twitter uh, you can find me on there and uh, Please like my stuff follow me share my content uh please get it out there i mentioned on the last couple podcasts i know people when they find a good thing they don't want to share it because they don't want their buddies to hear the same thing they want the competitive advantage because hey we're all trying to win we're all trying to get some green we're all trying to get some money so um we're all trying to get some bragging rights but uh i'm you know like doing this for free spent a lot of time on this and uh if you like my stuff and you want me to keep doing it, then please share my pod because I sunk a ton of time to this 
too much. My wife's mad at me, so <laughs> uh, help me pay it off. The more follows I can get, the more I can show my wife, hey, look, I didn't waste a ton of time this year. I, did, I didn't waste 300 hours of our family time to do this. <laughs> so uh, please uh, help me convince my wife to let me keep doing this for you guys. Uh, I guess that's it for today, and uh, we'll get back next week with outfield rankings, and uh, hopefully um, I can kill all the outfielders in one podcast, and then we can get to starting pitching, uh, which I always have a lot of fun talking about pitching. I know a lot of people do. Um, I'm, I'm a big pitcher ninja guy, so I like to talk about some F stuff. Uh, we'll get to it. So um, thanks for listening. Please share. Please like. Thank you, guys.